0: God to have his way in this place tonight and We want God to move Amen Lord we thank you for the opportunity to come into your house We thank you Lord for this privilege that we have Of gathering together Twice And sometimes three and Maybe even four times a week God And we're coming together God And we're praying tonight that you would unite us You would strengthen us We're praying, bind us together, Lord. I'm praying, God, that the hand of the Holy Ghost, the hand of God, would be upon this service, would be upon this church. God, you spoke, God, that this is your church. God, you said you'd fight our battles, Lord. If I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles, that victory should be mine. God, I pray tonight, Lord, for the unctioning of the Holy Ghost upon my lips of clay and upon the people of God to receive tonight. I thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done. I worship you, Lord, and I praise you. I magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The church at Ephesus that we're reading about here in the book of Ephesians uh, was a rich, according to scholars, was a rich resort type area that was the center of the worship for the goddess Diana. The temple of Diana uh, was 425 feet in length, according to this um, commentator, and 220 feet in width. It was encompassed by 127 pillars and each 60 feet in height, which were presented by as many kings. And I say that to tell you that this church in Ephesus Hmm. battled many spirits because of the idolatry that was there in the city of Ephesus. They fought many spiritual battles, they uh, fought entrenched spirits in that area that did not want to let the people go. And there was the worship of the false goddess Diana. Amen. But in spite of all of that, the church at Ephesus was a thriving apostolic Pentecostal church. Amen, and it was a thriving apostolic Pentecostal church. Because of a man, the spirit of God and because of the word of God that uh, I believe that this letter to the church at Ephesus by the hands of the Apostle Paul. I believe it contributed and it helped the church at Ephesus, amen, to put aside some things. It is in Ephesians chapter number six that uh, the writer begins to talk about the armor of God. Before he begins to fully describe in detail the armor of God, he lets the church know that you're fighting a battle that you cannot uh, engage in with your flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual battle. amen. uh, You're fighting against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, and you've got to take on the whole armor of God. Not just a piece of it. Amen. Not just the parts that you like, not just the parts that tickle your ears. But there is, uh, there is a side of this that you've got to embrace the whole thing. Amen. Jesus told a parable about the person that discovered the treasure in a field. And the Bible says that he sold everything he had and he bought the whole field. He engaged. He bought everything. He bought, amen, hook, line, and shaker, the message of the word of God. And there is still, amen, that principle tonight that as we approach the things of God, we've got to buy into the whole truth yes. and nothing amen. but the truth, amen. amen. We've got to have the a desire for amen. God to amen. give us everything that he has. And, and when we're faced with the whole gospel, the whole word of God that's being preached, we've got to embrace it all, amen. the parts that we like and the parts that we don't like. The parts, amen, that we agree with and the parts that we don't agree with. we got to say, I want the whole armor, the whole gospel. Yes. I want to hear it all. I wanted everything. And he says that you need to put on the whole armor of God. That you can withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Amen. sometimes uh, you say, well, I've done everything I know to do. I, I've done everything I know to do. Then when you've done everything you know to do, just, the Bible says just stand. Don't cower in defeat. Amen. Don't give up in despair. Amen. God, I've prayed. I've fasted. I've given my tithe. I've li- I'm living wholly separate. I'm submitted, God. I'm just going to stand right here. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to go anywhere, God. I'm going to stand there for like your word declares. I'm going to stand. I'm not going to run and hide. I'm not going to move. I'm going to just stand right where God planted me. And I'm going to say, God, this is the last thing you told me to do. And I'm just going to obey the last word you spoke into my life. I'm going to stand, therefore. Amen. Amen. How many times the enemy would come against you and you, you want to run and hide. Amen. But the word of the Lord is tonight. Stand, therefore. Yes. Amen. I'm talking about making provisions for conquering the enemy. Sometimes you're, uh, you've you got to realize my location matters. Where God put me is where I'm going to plant my feet. Uh, I'm going to dig my heels and I'm going to say, God, I'm just going to stand right here where you put me, Lord. And I'm going to trust you, God, to help me to, to not uh, be defeated, but to overcome and to win the battle. Yeah. Amen. The, the writer continues talking about the helmet of salvation. Amen. That we've got to take the helmet of salvation. Amen. That helmet is that thing that would protect the mind or your thought life. To prevent the enemy from introducing negative thoughts of fear, of rebellion, of unbelief. Amen. The helmet has to be used. Amen. You've got to make sure I am making, I am putting on the helmet of salvation. I'm guarding my mind from the thoughts and influences of hell. Amen. I'm guarding my mind from the thoughts and influences of hell. Amen. I'm going to make sure that God, you're keeping your hand upon my mind. I'm not allowing the devil to introduce thoughts amen, of carnality, thoughts of rebellion, thoughts of unbelief into my mind. Amen. I'm going to break it down so many times. Amen. You you turn on the television set or you put on a, you put on a movie and you're taking off, essentially you're taking off the helmet of salvation. All sorts of thoughts are coming to get into your mind. All sorts of rebellious, carnal thoughts are coming into your mind because you said, I'm going to set aside the helmet of salvation and I'm going to allow the enemy to speak into my life, to whisper into my life. Amen. To just sow thoughts into my life. I'm setting the helmet down. And I'm allowing the enemy to put thoughts in my mind Amen I feel the Holy Ghost right now Amen It's so imperative That you say the helmet of salvation Is going to stay upon my mind God keep my mind God keep my thoughts God let me not ponder Amen The paths of the wicked But help me to keep my mind stayed upon you Help me to keep my mind stayed upon you Amen We're not even just about Amen. Those things that I mentioned, amen. You can pick up romance novels and then begin to sow thoughts and seeds into your life. You can pick up magazines from the store and begin to see scantily clad women. You can begin to see what this guy's doing and that guy's doing. Your mind begins to work over time. You say, well, I really wish I had that yacht. What do I got to do to get that yacht to live the big life? in the, the, the fast lane like this guy and like that guy and you say well I'm just gonna, I just got I got to work more I got to do this and do that and maybe I got to pull back on time and pull back on church attendance so I can work and keep more money and all these thoughts begin to come into your mind because you got to keep that helmet of salvation. Jesus Hallelujah. The breastplate of righteousness Jesus, is there hallelujah. to protect. The chest, the abdomen, the back, extending, one writer says, to the top of the thighs. The importance of the breastplate of righteousness is to protect the vital organs. Hallelujah. The helmet of salvation, one quick blow to the head. All it takes sometimes is one quick blow. Sharp blow to the head with, a, with, a, with the tool of the enemy, and it can knock you out. Jesus. Maybe you've seen YouTube videos or whatever, and, or maybe you've seen it in real life someone just knocks somebody upside the head and it knocks them out, paralyzes them. They start going into convulsions. There's an importance for that helmet, but also for the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. You've got to protect the vital parts of your life when you live righteously before God. When you can stand before the Lord and say, I've been living righteous. God, you've been helping me. I've been overcoming this flesh. Amen. What you are doing is you are protecting the most valuable things in your life. Amen you're protecting the the vital organs in your body you're you're making sure that to, amen I'm going to continue to function as God intended me to function because I uh, God's helped me to live righteously and that righteousness is is protecting the upper portion your of your man or your woman it's protecting you from the onslaught of hell and the devil can't come in and stick a dagger in your side, a dagger of bitterness, Amen. a dagger of a strife, a dagger of hatred. Because you, you've been saying, well, God, you're helping me to be, to be righteous as you. I've been putting on the righteousness of God. I'm trying to live holy. I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to live pure. I ain't got time for bitterness. I ain't got time for strife. I ain't got time for hatred. I ain't got time for these things. Because I'm putting on the breastplate of righteousness. The sword of the spirit. Or the word of God. That double-edged sword. That weapon. As many of the other armor pieces are defensive. This one is both defensive and offensive. And this armor piece. The sword of the spirit. The helmet of salvation you merely place upon your head as long as you secure it. That's all you got to do. The loins gird about the truth we'll talk about in a moment. You just got to put it together. Buckle it. Put that belt in. The feet. Just as long as you put the shoes on there doesn't really take much. Knowing how to, to use them. A baby here has socks on. It's going to help her stay warm. Protect her. She don't have to know how to use socks. But the sword takes practice. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, it takes practice. It takes you and I daily getting that word out as a swordsman would do and begin to kind of swing that thing and figure out the right angles and the right way to to use it. You can't just say, well, I, I... uh, you know I, I can do this all by myself it takes skill and practice and with much practice the soldier becomes adept at welding it uh, amen and similarly amen it takes uh, it comes with with much practice or much study of the word of God much uh, dedication and up to, of the word of God amen will uh, you, you become adept at wielding it and, and using passages of scripture that kill doubt that build faith. That bring peace and that solve yes. problems, Hallelujah. Amen. When you're going through things in life and and the devil's Hallelujah. fighting you and you're you're doing your best with the shield of faith and the, the breastplate of righteousness, but somewhere along the line you got to fight back. Somewhere along the line you got to go on the offensive yes. and say the weapons of our warfare is not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down yes. imaginations Hallelujah. and every high thing that exalts itself against God and you begin to use that sword brother Darren you begin to use that sword devil you're not gonna mess with me I'm gonna use the word of God amen Jesus gave us the prime example amen on that mountain of temptation when the devil began to say if thou be the son of god amen command that these stones be made bread amen the devil tried to pick a fight with the master swordsman he tried to mess with jesus christ amen the god of heaven amen and he said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out Thank of the god. mouth of god, god. amen if jesus did not know yeah. the word of god yeah. amen we might be reading a different story on the mountain temptation and when the devil comes again, you and he he messed with your mind. You've got to know that Word of God. You've got to say, well, I've been searching the Scriptures. Devil, you're you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Amen. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm more than a conqueror. The Scriptures church amen. that's why it's important to read the bible to search the scriptures I loved amen some time ago we're starting to pick it back up again brother Darian would always shoot me a scripture I've been meditating on the scripture the word of God getting in your heart you he begin to talk about it you begin to Trying to handle the word of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, hey, buddy, Lord. that sword is upside down. You might want to pick it from the handle. Oh, oh. That, it doesn't say that. It actually says this. Oh, So what you're telling me then is, is God God is saying redeeming the time because the days are evil. Be not unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is like. I can't understand the word of God. Yeah, you can. You ain't got to be unwise. And if and, and someone comes alongside you and they begin to Teach you, God begins to show you. And you begin to say, Oh, that's how I've been grabbing it upside down. It's like this. And the Word of God begins to help you. The Word of God begins to build faith in your life. God, when you're going through a trial of temptation, you say i got the helmet on i got the i got the breastplate on i i got my feet shawled with peace i'm being a peace speaker i'm not sharing gossip i got truth around my, my waistline i got righteous living i got a helmet of salvation amen but and i ain't got the shield of faith but the devil keeps coming after me all i can do is just defend myself and defend myself and and I keep going back and I keep going back and I keep going back. And I'm going to tell you, you've got the word of God. You can use it against the enemy. The devil's still a liar. The truth is not in here. Amen. Let every man be a liar. Let God be true. Amen. The word of God still works. It's that sword of the spirit. And it will help you today. Amen. If you're going through a trial. You're going through a storm. Get that word out. Say, God. Let me use this sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Hallelujah.
1: God, let me me learn it, God.
0: That it get in my heart, get in my soul. Without this weapon, if you ponder it, the sword of the Spirit, the soldier couldn't survive. Because I believe that not only was that sword used for fighting off the enemy. That sword sword was used for obtaining food. That sword was used when perhaps out there in the wilderness or out there wherever soldiers fight, they needed some food, some sustenance, and they could hunt for food. The loins girded about with truth protects the soldier's thighs and waistline. This girdle or belt holds the armor tightly to the body. And holds the garments in place. And I'm going to say tonight, it's the doctrinal truth that we have. Amen. That's based upon the word of God that gathers and holds everything in place. It's the word of God that's preached the doctrine. Amen. That makes a difference. Amen. I don't want to go to any old church. that just that makes me feel good. But I got to make sure that this church is preaching from the Bible. Amen. Hallelujah. I'd be I'd be Hallelujah. concerned. I'd be worried. I'd be. I'd be so scared if, if the preacher walked to the pulpit without a Bible uh, and just began to just talk about all these different experiences in life but never begin to read from the Scriptures. It's the Word of God, friend. You, we need the Word of God to be preached. Amen. We need truth. Amen. The Bible says truth in the inward parts. It's got to get into your heart, into your soul. Amen. You've got to love the Word of God. Amen. The Word of God's got to get there. You've got to have that doctrinal truth. If you lose the truth. If you begin to let go. Of truth. Your life will begin to unravel piece by piece. I've watched it others. In others lives. And I'll not say names. But I've watched it in other churches. As they compromise a little bit of truth. Well that one there we don't. It's okay. We can let that slide. Yeah, that one there. You know what? Yeah, it's I mean, it's in the Bible, but really we can probably reason that away. Let's go ahead and take that one away. And you begin to strip away the truth piece by piece until the the girdle of truth is gone. And the garment begins to fall apart and you begin to become exposed to the attacks of hell. Amen. We've got to, the Bible says, earnestly contend for the faith. Earnestly contend for the faith. Earnestly contend for the faith. What does that mean? That means someone's trying to take it away. And you've got to say, no. No, this, I'm fighting for this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight for this word. Someone's going to come along one day or another, one season of life or another. They're going to say, they're going to try to rationalize, well, do you really believe that? And they're going to try to wrestle it away from you. They're going to give you uh, different philosophical thoughts and slants and ideas. And, and they're going to try to wrestle it away from you. But you got to say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to hold fast. I'm going to hold fast to that truth that God gave me." If God reveals to you truth. Something I heard and I believe I heard a long time ago. If God reveals to you truth and you refuse it, or you walk away from it, you will live in darkness. The shield of faith, and I know this is not the exact order, but the shield of faith. If you remember the story of David and Goliath, the Bible says that Goliath had that helper that was holding that shield. He was there, and that lets you know it was a pretty big shield. That person's sole responsibility was to hold that shield and to guard the giant Goliath. A shield of faith is that movable wall. It's a wall, if you will, that to defend the soldier against the enemy's fiery darts. The Bible says a shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen. The fiery darts, those arrows that were dipped in lead and mixed with a combustible substance. And while speeding through the air, the arrows caught fire and set the targets ablaze. Amen. Our enemies doubt. Our enemies darts are doubt. And fear, worry, discouragement, evil thoughts, Amen. But your faith in God is the shield that covers you, Amen. When the enemy amen. comes against you and tries to knock you off course, Amen, you begin to pray, God, help my faith. I believe, help my unbelief. Whatever it would be, God, help me to not lose my faith, Amen. Jesus said, Peter, Satan has desired to have you that he would sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you your faith fail you not. In other words, if your faith doesn't fail you, if you hold on to your faith, the enemy cannot shift you as wheat. Amen. Your faith is what matters when you're fighting against hell. God, I still believe you're able to see me through. I still believe you're a prayer answering God. I still believe. I still believe many a years went by when I was growing up and my, my folks were pastoring the church here and I think probably most churches, you know if we're to be honest they're, they're, it's it's seasonal, there's seasons, there's waves and sometimes you're riding the top of the wave same thing with the uh, most, most things in life it's the ebb and flow of life and in the ebb Or or that trough or that low part of life. You're you're susceptible to all sorts of thoughts uh, of abandoning ship uh, and whatnot. And you're thinking about giving up and blah, blah, blah. All these different thoughts are coming. And I remember a few weeks, a short time as I was a boy growing up. And... My parents were pastoring, and we were in the, I think we were in the back room at the time. It might have been when we first, very first started, or it was a few years after. I remember talking to my my dad as a, I think I was probably a teenager, and I began crying and opening myself up to my dad, saying, Dad, why can't we have revival? What what does it take? And, And, you know, where is everybody, and all these different things. But I remember at, at the end of that well, crying session I had, uh, feeling sorry for myself. or went, uh, and I, I picked myself up and I said, Dad, regardless of what it looks like right now, I still believe that God can give revival. I still believe that God is able to do it. And it's your faith that picks you back up and says, I'm, I'm, we're going to go one more service. We're going to go one more week. We're going to go one more day. Because I still believe that God is able to do it. I still believe in spite of of my present circumstances and situations. I still believe that God is able. Amen. The three Hebrew children. What did they tell? Amen. The great king. Our God is able. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. Because even if he doesn't deliver us that doesn't mean He can't deliver me. It just means that He won't deliver me. But in spite of that, I still believe that I serve a delivering God. You may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Your body may be vexed with pain. And your heart may be vexed with sorrow. But you still got to believe countries. I haven't seen it yet here, Sister Lucy, but I still believe he can do it. I still believe that the day will come in a awesome that we'll see I know that it's hands upon my life. The final thing. The physical. Descriptive. Piece of armor. Is the feet shod. With the preparation of the gospel of peace. And this. Feet being shod. Or being covered. One commentator says this article of clothing protected not just the feet, but also the shins of the soldier. In other words, every part of his body was covered. He was covered. He was covered. God wants us covered. We can stop and talk about that. God wants this church covered. Dressing holy, covering our flesh. God wants this church covered in prayer. God wants our minds covered in prayer. God wants our families covered with a mom and dad that's saying, "God, keep your hands upon my kids. They're going to school. God, I'm covered them in prayer. My husband, and my wife's going off to work. God, cover them. I'm covered them in prayer. God wants His church covered. Every part of this this soldier's body was covered. Amen. How well a soldier stands. Amen. Or pursues the enemy. Or obeys orders depends largely upon strong legs and we must be prepared to go amen there's a side of the armor of god amen then the message is go go ye therefore and teach all nations if you've got the right uh uh things on your feet uh, if you've got the right shoes on if you've got shoes on you can go to certain places that others can't go if you want to go climb half dome you better make sure you've got some good hiking shoes on buddy you can't you can't try to climb Half Dome in a pair of flip flops or some some or some slippers or some some house shoes. You got to make sure. Hey, I'm going to be climbing to the top of the Half Dome. I'm going to make sure that I got the right shoes on. If you want to go somewhere in God, you got to make sure you got the right shoes on. Amen. You're ready. You're prepared. You know where God's going to take you, and you're you're prepared to go. You've got to go. You've got to go. Amen. We've got to be messengers of peace. You, Lord. It's the feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We've got to be messengers of peace, not messengers of tur- turmoil, not messages of gossip, not messages of not messengers of bitterness, not messengers of uh, of discouragement. Amen. The Barnabas was a son of encouragement. Amen. He was a son of encouragement. I was studying about that. He he was the son of the encouragement. He was encouraging uh, the church. He was encouraging Saul of Tarsus. He was encouraging the Apostle Paul. He was encouraging uh, different people in the word of God. Amen. We've got to be messengers of the gospel of peace. Amen. Not uh, telling somebody. And I know we go through things. And I believe you should be able to. You should be able to uh, to open yourself up to a trusted saint of God that's prayerful. So they can help pray with you. Uh, But you don't need to tell every single person your problems and your struggles. Your trials. There's a, there's a side that I learned growing up, amen, when when mom and dad had hard times, amen, they were on their face praying. They were shaking the face of God. They weren't calling every saint church, telling all their problems, because they knew that everybody else can fix my problems. Only going before God in prayer can truly fix my problems. But I'm going to share with you what God's done in my life. There's a scripture, and I don't I just thought of it right now, I don't have it memorized the reference, but I heard Bishop Curtis Young say this a long time ago. And you're going through things in the church, you're going through a struggle, a trial, which life is full of trials. There's things you go through in life. There's a scripture he shared, and it says it like this. You could probably do a word search in your uh, your Bible app and find it really quickly. Uh, it says, "Tell it not in Gath. Tell it not in Gath. Gath was a city of uh, uh, the people, the, the sinners, the ones those were not people of God. Uh, Gath was a Gentile nation. Gath was uh, not uh, Zion. It wasn't the place where God had put His name. And the application you have to go back and search it uh, was." If you got a problem, don't go tell sinner friends. If you got a frustration in the church, don't unload on a sinner friend out there. If you're dealing with issues in the church or whatnot, don't tell it in death. Don't tell it in in the world. Take it to God in prayer. Talk to myself as a pastor. Talk to uh, Bishop, Sister Camarina. Uh Talk to somebody that you, you, you come and you see them praying, they're seeking God, and they could probably give you a good word of wisdom. Uh, tell it not in death and in other words, amen, keep some stuff protected right. that the world will still look to the church and see, that's a place of hope. Yeah. If we're telling the world all about the problems of the church, they're going to be like, man, I'll make sure I never go to your church or anything right. like it. Because, right. man, you sound like you got a terrible church. Oh, God Almighty. Pray. If you don't have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Or if you don't have your feet with some shoes on, you may be able to go a little ways, but you're not going to go very far before you really begin to feel some pain in your feet. You've got to make sure that you're a messenger of peace. You can stop and talk about that if, if you just share problems all the time. People are going to eventually figure out, stay away from this Terrence Dooley kid. Because he's got problems. They may try to listen, but if you're constantly sharing bad stuff and you're not put on the gospel of peace, your feet shot with the gospel of peace, you're not, people are be like, well, we're not gonna. We're gonna stay stay clear. And your life will not go as far as it could. But if you bring with you the gospel of peace and you're, you're, you're sharing the good things and you're, you're positive, you're upbeat, you're, uh, you're looking to see the positive in life and the glass is not always half empty but it's half full and, and people say, man, you're, you're discouraged. Go talk to that brother Terrence guy. He'll encourage you. Man. He's He's got a word always. He's in season, out of season. It's that way. He's going to go further in life than if he's sharing the negative in life always. Three final things I'll share and I'll I'll wrap up. Amen. Sources of strength. And this here is still found in Ephesians chapter 6. Because right after it describes the armor of God in verse 17, the very next thing it describes is what? Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Yes. We could talk about that soldier still. God. We could talk about that soldier. How are you going to know what to do on the battlefield if you haven't been hearing from the Captain of Hosts, the Lord of Hosts? How are you going to know what to do? How are you going to uh, know what the plan is? We're going to go to battle. We're going to we're going to take these. Play pots we're gonna take these little lamps we're gonna take a trumpet oh i didn't get that message i didn't know we're oh only 300 of us i didn't know that but that prayer that communication with the lord of hosts the captain of the host in prayer we're able to get the game plan we're able to figure out what, what does god want from me what 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 do I need to do in my life? Then that prayer is that communication. We know this is the communication between man and God. It is the key that unlocks the door. It helps us to de- it helps us determine the will of God, and then go forth and do it. When we're praying, when we're coming to the house of God and praying, we're coming early to church. Or, or we're coming to Monday night prayer meeting. Uh, we're coming, we're coming to the house of God. We're, we're finding a place in our home and we're we're locking the door. We're praying. We're saying, God, help me to know your will, God. Uh, God, I'm in a fight. I'm in a battle, God. I got everything on. I got the helmet on. I got the breastplate on. I got the shield. I got the loins curved out. Truth. I got the sword. I got the meat the shout of peace. But God, here I am standing. I don't know what to do. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna talk to the King of Kings. God, give me some direction. God, help me to know your will. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you don't just know what to do, you're empowered to do it. Amen. It's not just, it's not even just praying. Amen. It's all these, it's multi layered, it's multi faceted, it's layer upon layer. It's when you get all these things together, and you begin to get into God's presence, and you begin to pray, and you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, praying always with all prayer and supplication. In the spirit. It's when you get in the spirit. That God says do this. And now here's the power to go forth and do it. Amen. God wants to give this church power. To do the mission of God. In our area. In our families. In our city. In this area. God wants to give us the power to do it. Prayer helps us determine the will of God. And then go forth to do his will. It is not merely asking what we want and I want, you to, I want you to hear this tonight prayer is not merely asking what we want but it is conforming to what he wants if all you do when you go to prayer is saying God help me with this God give me this God I'm, I'm lacking here you're missing out But when you begin to say, God, I want to be like you conform me. There's areas in my life I got to work on. You got to set aside a time and place for prayer. And that's not just a good suggestion. I'm going to say it like this. And this is going to sound hard. If you don't pray, you ain't going to heaven. If you don't have a daily walk with God, you ain't going to heaven. Because God requires relationship. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I what? I never knew you. I don't want God to say, I don't know you. I want him to say, man, I just saw you a few minutes ago. You were just here yesterday talking to me. Come in. And he says, nah, I, don't, I don't know your name. I, I don't recognize you. I don't, I don't feel like we have a relationship. Sorry, can't come in. Without God's strength, we cannot live victoriously. Babies communicate with their parents by crying. You may have heard her cry in a few moments ago. I don't know. I've heard her cry a lot. You've heard your babies cry a lot. When they're babies, they communicate with Crying. And they're crying. I don't know if you figured it out. I haven't figured it out yet. Crack the code. Sometimes certain cries mean change my diaper. Sometimes other cries mean give me milk. And it's not a suggestion, mom or dad. It's give it to me, give it to me now. Sometimes they're crying just means hold me. Hold me now. I want to be held. And as babies grow into kids... They begin to learn to talk. And they're not just crying always. Give me, give me, give me. They begin talking more. They say things like, when is dinner? Are we there yet? Do I have to take a shower? And they ask, do I have to brush my teeth? But they're communicating some more. And they're they're, they're trying to figure out what they can get away with or what they have to do. And then as the kids continue to grow, we begin teaching them. You need to say please when you're asking for something. And when someone gives something to you that you ask, you just say thank you. And I believe it's good practice to teach our kids to say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. How many, I can't tell you how many times I said in the workplace or in the world, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. They looked at me twice and said, wow because people have lost that uh, there's certain churches I know of, fine, fine churches I can be talking to some young people I'll just say Brother, Brother Golden's church in Fairfields, it stands out to me, he came here and preached some years ago every time I talk to someone in his church they know that I'm a minister but even before I was a minister, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. They say like a lot in the conversation. I'm like, wow. But there's that respect. And I'm getting off on something here, but it's been, it's important to, to say from time to time. As kids as kids continue to grow, we teach them how to say please and thank you and yes, sir. And eventually the kids begin to grow up a little bit more. And they begin to come into the kitchen, Sister Lauren, and say, Mom, how can, I, can I help you, Mom? Uh, they begin to come in the kitchen, Sister Teresa, and say, Mom, can I help with dinner tonight? And they begin offering something back. They begin to do nice things for the parents. As they get a little bit older, Mom, you've done a lot. Just just take a seat. I'll, I'll take care of dinner. And that communication begins to change. Mom, come over for dinner. We're making dinner. Or let's go, whatever. But the communication begins to shift. When they're a baby, they're just crying, crying, crying. Give me, give me, give me. As they get older, they want to talk. They want to have a communication. And they want to give back. And the same thing, as we grow in God, if all we're doing is asking God, God, give me milk, give me meat, give me a hug, give me this, give me that. We haven't grown up. But when we begin to say, God, how can I do your will? How can I be involved in the church? What can I do to help your mission? As it is here in Latham, what can I do to help it go forward? God, God, you've done so many things. I don't want to ask you for anything no more. You know what I need. God, let me just do something for you. I want to go on a fast. I want to pray. I want to get my Bible out. That is a sign of maturity, development that begins to happen. Um, It's not just give me, give me, give me. It's God. I want to be involved in something. How can I help you? What should I do? Let my will conform to your will. And I would say it like this never be content with the give me prayer life. Have a deep walk with God, not surface Christianity. A deep walk with God where you begin praying and you forget that you're supposed to go to San Francisco with your family, with your friends. I'm saying because I've experienced this. I get to, you get to praying, and it's deep, brother Terrence. And you forget to look at the clock, and you're like, "Man, it's been an hour and a half." I just, I just want to keep praying. That's deep. That's a deep prayer life. Go deeper in God. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Prayer is a force with which we grasp the invisible and fasting is the force with which we cast aside the visible it's prayer that we begin to get a hold of the invisible we begin to see the unseen things and with fasting we begin to set aside the visible we begin to set aside the food set aside our carnal nature our our, our flesh and the last thing i'll say here tonight Fasting is preparing us for battle. Case in point, Jesus, before he was getting ready to be tempted on that mount of temptation, he fasted 40 days. I got a ministry that lays ahead of me. I got, I got, there's great things that God has in store for me. One of the first things that the Apostle Paul did when he came to truth was he fasted. There's a ministry that God has for you. I'm going to fast i got to make sure that I get a hold of God. Jesus fasted before his three and a half years of ministry. If you're involved in ministry here, if you're actively engaged in ministry and doing something for God, you need to be fasting on a regular basis. Fast is voluntarily abstaining from eating or drinking anything with Food value for one or more meals. We try and make it easy sometimes. We say, well, you could go on a media fast. But if we're to be honest, it's a food fast. We try and make it easy and say for the young people we're going to go on a media fast because, you know, not eating's hard. But it's still the right thing. If you want to get a hold of God and get closer to God, push aside some food. Try it for one meal. And you watch how your flesh is begins to uh, like she's doing. Uh, <laughs> You 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 start looking up Google images hamburgers hot dogs. You're you're just like man. As soon as this fast's over, I'm gonna eat three meals to make up for the one I lost. Your flesh is all it thinks about is food, and you need to let your flesh know I'm gonna put us, I'm gonna set you aside. When we fast, spiritual alertness increases. Both eating and drinking require an increased amount of blood. And when we don't eat or drink, this then frees up a larger supply of blood for mental and spiritual concentration. While fasting, then, we can more readily perceive God's direction for our lives. If you are contemplate something big in life, I've been here many times. It's time to go on a fast. If, if, God's fixing to, if you want God to use you, you need to go on a fast. If you want to draw closer to God, if you're saying, man, I got all these different thoughts in my head. I, I can't discern what's, the, what's God's voice, what's this person's voice and that person's voice, my friend's voice, my family's voice. I got to know the voice of God going fast that you might be able to discern the voice of God. And of course, there's a health benefit to fasting. This is also important because we are using our bodies to facilitate the work of God. Fasting gives the heart, brain, stomach, kidneys, intestines a vacation. And it purifies the blood and removes poisons more effectively than prescription drugs. Fasting. We haven't shouted tonight. That's all right. But my prayer is if something that we said tonight can get in your spirit, you can take it home with you. It's teachings that helped me as a young boy to hear my father. Father. Teaching and teaching and teaching, teaching and teaching and teaching that helped me to become what I am. And you can come on Sundays and have ice cream Sundays, banana splits, ice cream, desserts, fun, good stuff. But if you want to have some meat, if you want to go further in God, if you want to put down some roots, come on a Wednesday night bring your bible bring a snorkel go deeper in god amen go deeper in god why don't we stand to our feet tonight i there's i have scriptures written down here if you want my notes i'll give you my notes there's I didn't go cover a lot of scriptures tonight except for Ephesians chapter 6. But all these different things I'm talking about, there's scriptures for them. Go home and get your Bible out. If you haven't already, get your Bible and get a highlighter, get a pen. And begin to mark up your Bible, notes, highlights devour the word of God. The word of God, or Bible study, meditation, it's studying the battle plan. We're talking about soldiers. It's the battle plan. It's right here. God's formula for success and prosperity, Joshua 1 and 8, is to meditate day and night upon Scripture. I'd call that a saturation method. Saturate. Your mind, your heart with the Word of God. Yeah. Right. Saturate it with the Word of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. There are certain things we, we prepare, food items we make, and we saturate it in certain juices or liquids or fluids to really get that taste, that whatever it is. Your mind, your heart, your soul, saturate in the Word of God. Kingdom concepts were designed to be practiced, not just admired. The mind must be renewed and subjected through obedience to the word of God.